Hello, this is Bill Lytell, a little bit of wisdom for your walk, a pastor of Gospel Baptist Church in Manita Springs, Florida. The thought I want to talk about is that the crucifixion of Christ after he had already died. I want to pick it up in about, oh, John chapter 19 and, oh, verse uh, 32. And there came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and the other which was crucified with him. When they came to Jesus, they saw that he was dead already. They break not his legs. One of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, forthwith came out blood and water. And he, and he, and he that saw it bear record. And his record is true, and knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. These things were done, and scripture should be fulfilled. The born of him should not be broken. That's how precise the Bible is. That's not our text, however. That gives you a context for our text. And again, another scripture saith, They shall look on him whom they pierced. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but and this is the part I want you to think about, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. And he came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which was the first came to Jesus by night. I want you to remember that. Nicodemus, he was scared of public recognition and came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. And so they took the body of Jesus and put him in, a, in one of the tombs Joseph Arimathea had just had made, very expensive, cut out of rock, <clears throat> which no man lay. Now these two men obviously made the Bible, they, uh, Jesus in John chapter 3, because of, Jesus, because of Nicodemus coming to him, we have the beautiful chapter of John chapter 3. Thank God that we have it, you know, for God so loved the world chapter. Maybe the greatest chapter um, in the whole Bible, I don't know. I believe it's close. You know, these men were rich. Both Nicodemus as well as Joseph Arimathea were well-to-do Nicodemus, highly educated in a Sanhedrin, highly respected, men of education, men of uh, position in the society they live. Uh, people with a lot to lose have a hard time losing it for Jesus. That's what I figured out. People with little to lose don't mind giving everything they have to Jesus, but I find people with a lot to lose struggle. Uh, both of these people... Uh, if it had been, if it had been today, and what I want to try to make clear today, that uh, some of us would have called these two men lily liver, spineless, weak-willed compromisers, not a secret Christian. Some of us would castigate these men for not coming forth and being proud to be a Christian, telling the world about it. Some of us fundamentalists, and I'm speaking to would rail on him for not being willing to lose his position in society and his honor, respect, and community for Jesus' sake. Some of us would have trashed Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus long before they ever got to bury Jesus. It's interesting. In our schools, our Christian schools, we have special education classes for those who are educably slow. We have classes for the handicapped special bathrooms, parking ramps. We have nursing homes where we take the specially, uh, uh, specially hurt and restricted elderly people with physical impairments. Uh, 
We have nurseries in our church where small children that can't sit still or be quiet during the sermon go. We, we have all these and more special rooms and special programs and special facilities. Yet, if a person trusts Christ as their Savior and doesn't quit all worldly, worldliness and start reading his Bible, change to modest clothes, cut his hair, stop cussing, within a short time, oftentimes some of us will throw them in the church dumpster. Praise God. He's willing to go to the local fundamental church dumpster if he needs to and dig out some of these hidden treasures, as I call them, like Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. Uh, There's found treasure in these kinds of people. Now, no doubt, Joseph of Arimathea, we would consider him backslid because he wasn't strong, a coward, Afraid of cat, ashamed of Christ, was not, was not where he was supposed to be. I believe everybody would agree to that with both Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. But when the right circumstances came along in a crisis, Joseph came through. And with boldness and humbled himself, and, and he went before Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. He, he was willing boldly and to the cost of everything he had to go before the authority of his day and beg the body of Jesus. Nicodemus stood up for Jesus in a Sanhedrin meeting and argued that you don't condemn a man before you hear him. I mean, John chapter 7, verse 46 to 52. And so we see both of these men rise up and and stand for Jesus in a time. But in, in, in another time, they were cowardly and afraid to make it public. We fundamentalists, I'm afraid, would have long ago driven them out of our churches as spineless, possibly not saved people, even compromisers at the least. But Jesus would come and pick them out of the dumpster of service rejects, uh, and, and in a crisis, they became some of his boldest servants. Uh, I didn't see the apostles up there begging the body of Jesus. I saw these two boys who God had dug out of the dumpster, as it were, uh, and, and, and they came out of the closet, uh, as it may be said, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. What am I trying to say? I think we've got to be careful about trying to rush the growth of Christians. We need to let God grow them. Not all trees grow at the same rate. Even if there's, if they're all oak, I planted like 40, 50 oak trees, and they don't all grow the same. I mean, they're from the same batch. They're from the same area. I give them the same fertilizer. I give them the same amount of water. And I'll tell you what, you look at those 30, 40 oak trees, and they're all, some are big, some are not so big, some are small, some are runned. Uh, they all grow differently, but they're all oak trees. And I don't cut them down just because they grow differently. I believe a healthy church ought to have mature people. Uh, It's been said that mature people, mature Christian always walks with a limp. They're battle-scarred, saints. I I mean, you need them. And they've traveled life's rough road. They've they've endured hardness. They've, They've fallen seven times and risen up again. And they should have, these people, these old mature people, should have the most compassion and understanding and uh, possibly more than the immature or more immature middle folks. 
You also should have your midlife of spiritual growth, folks. Those who've overcome many things but are struggling still with a few leftover worldly habits, besetting sins that they've not quite conquered yet. This group, however, is found to be some of the meanest people, harshest people, pharisaical people you ever meet. They sometimes can be the judgmental of everybody else who doesn't measure up to where they're at. They have been delivered from so great a death, but they've forgotten that others also may not be where they're at, but are growing and will be someday by the grace of God. Then the third group you ought to have is your immature Christians. I'm talking about your new babies in Christ, your new converts, just beginning in the faith, struggling with a whole array of worldly habits and thought patterns, just just learning is what it means to read the Bible and can't pronounce half the words of the of the names, at least the names of the people. And they pray some and maybe witness a little, but they're not good at any of it. This group may be where Nicodemus and and uh, and Joseph Arimathea were in at one time, and, and if you trash them early, and, and you rush them too hard, try to grow them too fast, they're going to fall over, and and die, and not be there when God wants them and wants to wants them to come out and stand for Him. Let not let those not in this group allow them to have some space to grow. We should, yeah. Some room to see, some time to understand, to be personally convicted of what the Bible teaches. Yes, we need to let them grow. I want to say today, uh, who are mature here, and you're listening to me, I love you, and I want you, want you to grow, and want you to be compassionate and mature, and thank God that you've been brought up to maturity. Those are, are you know, saved a few years in the middle time of growth. Uh, I want you to be careful. And, and and even though you haven't maybe quit listening to some of your rock music and you haven't even you haven't purified yourself like a lot of those mature people have and you're still looking at some stuff that's wrong and maybe some YouTubes you shouldn't be looking at. Uh, God still loves you. I still love you as a preacher. I want you to be in church. I want you to grow and be in the Word of God. And then there's the immature folks. My, oh my. You know, the ones that come with the nose rings and the ear rings and the posts uh, in, their, in their ears. And I love them. They're still cussing once in a while. Um, uh, still having anger, rages, and struggling with some of the just habits of smoking and drinking, acting ugly and stuff like that. I mean, it's just to be expected in a new baby. Babies cry. Babies, uh, babies slobber. Babies hoop themselves, and babies need to be cleaned up on a regular basis. Now, who in the world would not expect a baby to be a baby? Of course you do. Of course you understand that to be true. And that's what we should, too, of our babies in Christ. We shouldn't expect them to come in with long dresses and, and modest clothes and and uh, normal-looking hair. But They come into your church with purple hair and nose ring, hog ring. Uh, they come in with, with short dresses and low tops and shrink wrap it shouldn't surprise you that's where the world's at and that's where they're coming out of but by the grace of god someday they'll enter into the middle growth time of their life as the oak trees do and then pretty soon they're going to be a mature christian solid as a rock in in faith and uh, i believe this is a big challenge for you and me 
That, uh, I like Jesus, what he said in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I've loved you, that you love one another. Brother, that's a mouthful. That's big. You mean I'm to love you like God loved me? Well, brother, I've got to give you a lot of room because God's given me all kinds of room in my spiritual life. Otherwise, I'd been I'd have been killed a long time ago. But God's had mercy on me as he's had on you. May this help you some. I pray that by the grace of God, you go, don't put some of those folks in the dumpster. Dig them out by the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to a little bit of wisdom for your walk.